Welcome to the Leading Ladies Podcast with international leadership coach, speaker, author, trainer, and your host, Fiona Mackay. The Leading Ladies Podcast shares stories and advice from women around the world who have successfully navigated the glass ceiling. You'll gain powerful insights into strategies for cracking the glass ceiling, embracing your self-worth and value, and advocating for yourself and others. So please join Fiona for frank, courageous, and heartfelt conversations designed to take you on a journey to new levels of personal and professional success. Welcome back, Leading Ladies and Male Allies. We are here for another exciting episode of the Leading Ladies podcast. And today we have one of our first few male guests joining us, Matt Heger, the founder of Pineapple Empire. Pineapple Empire is a stealth mode disruptive frontier and deep tech-based startup whose mission is to accelerate the world's transition to the new space economy. However, many of our listeners might recognize Matt as the leading male ally in pulling together the top women in aviation and aerospace to follow on LinkedIn list. So welcome, Matt. Thank you, Fiona. It's an honor and a privilege to be on your podcast here. Uh, my first podcast ever, technically, unless you count uh, one or two clippets I did when I was 12 on my first iMac. So it's a great <laughs> honor to be here. Oh, wonderful. Well, we promise to take good care of you. We'll go easy on you. Wonderful. <laughs> I appreciate it. If you've listened to our previous podcasts, Matt, which I know you have, you loved Rachel's podcast. You were telling me about that. So Rachel, if you're listening, your imposter syndrome podcast, he loved it. You'll know that my first question is, what are your thoughts on the glass ceiling? Does it still exist? Absolutely. 100%. Uh, totally. Um, it is definitely there. I mean, we hear about it all the time in the form of the K-gap. Um, and I think more importantly, where I relate to it a lot more recently is just uh, not being heard or not having seats at the table uh, or not being uh, validated with that. Um, I'm not, I'm still exploring mine. I just, it's just coming to my view recently. So I'm exploring a lot of my just different identities and things that uh, affect me and becoming aware of these things. But um, I can just definitely say it totally exists. Uh, it's there for sure. And so how have you observed it with women in the workplace and, and women that have come into your sphere of influence? Um. So I've only just started really looking out for it specifically in the workplace. And I've only just recently got into positions where that sort of thing is the more um, common, like where it happens, where all the stories happen, the corporate setting, basically. I've been in a startup or independent background working, you know, in non-corporate jobs and not really seeing it specifically there. But I have noticed there was this one time I was in this retail um, startup um, on the floor and it was just a retail position, but I did find out later on that uh, I was making more than people and women who had been there longer than I had. Um, wow. So, I mean, and it's on the retail floor. So it's, it wasn't even a corporate environment, which just kind of shocked me. Um, so, I mean, first of all, just that one there. Um, and then it's, the other ones are harder to pin down, especially in those like lower, more entry level positions where you don't necessarily, where nobody's really getting a seat at the table and nobody's, you know, really technically being heard. So it's one thing to say, like, whether it's just affecting them specifically or um, affecting others. But 
Um, you know, if I dug back or if I was more aware at the time, maybe I would have seen um, maybe men in the workplace getting more opportunities to take on more responsibility. But that's kind of what I've observed so far. Interesting. For me, I, I noticed that a lot of people out there think that, oh, it's great now. Women are doing well in the workplace. Everything's equal. And I hear so many stories from men and women where there's still a lot of work that we all need to do. So I appreciate you being part of that journey. Now, we know that you are from, um, you know, mixed heritage. And so I'm very curious if you would be willing to share a little bit more about that with us. And if you think that in some ways this may have, have, have contributed to your glass ceiling. Again, absolutely, for sure. Um, I'm the son of one of the first uh, women journeyman carpenter in the US. Uh, she's uh, my mother. Uh, she's uh, white, basically. She's German, Irish. Um, so I get 50% of my background from that. But I'm also the son of an United Airlines mechanic, uh, my dad, who is Okinawan um, and Hungarian, um, and third, second generation Hawaiian, or born in Hawaii, and I was also born in Hawaii as well, so that's where I kind of get that background as well. Um, and I've just, and the background always, behind you, I see. And the background behind me as well, I keep that up there, and, and the whole pineapple empire thing, it all kind of ties in and fuses together, it's a, all part of the plan, basically. For those of you that are joining audio only, Matt has a really, really cool background of all these you know, tropical flowers and stuff that you know represents his, his Hawaiian heritage. It's pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. I love all the plants and the organic naturalness of it. Um, and it just kind of reminds me of home a little bit because I don't get back there super often and I just love it. So, so I definitely know it has contributed a lot. I mean, um, I've grown up a lot around a lot of strong, independent women, my mom for one. Um, and I have an older half sister as well from, um, you know, a previous marriage that she had. And uh, so, and she was, you know, quite young when she had my older sister as well. Um, and then my older sister has been on her own journey um, and she's independent, you know, she takes on a lot of things on her own. My aunt, I'd also have to credit, uh, has been there with me the whole time. She's on my dad's side, actually. So both sides have just strong women just guiding my life and getting involved in the, uh, really, even if I do protest, you know, loving me quite a bit um, in, you know, either whether that's tough love or just, you know, doting, depending on who it's coming from. So they've definitely shaped and influenced. And I think my mother's story, you know, being one of the first journeyman carpenters in the U.S. is definitely a you know it's becoming a bigger story and like playing more into the things I think about I'm like oh that is really cool and that does make sense for the background um but then the whole mixed race thing um I really straddle a couple different worlds um and I'm part of a I mean the the mixed race community is a special one and especially like the like uh the Asian and like white mixes have a, a kind of special like a, they got a special name for it on the islands we're called okay. hoppers hoppers and really almost neither group kind of takes you in you know they both accept you a little bit but you're not a part of either group so um i wouldn't call it glass ceiling necessarily but there's like these very like thin glass barriers on each group so so being mixed race you do get some experience of, of obstacles that you you might not face otherwise totally totally it's a kind of being allowed to 
maybe like hang out, but not actually be a part of a discussion or maybe even sometimes not hang out. Like we can be acquaintances, but I'm not part of the actual in-group. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that before from other friends of mine that are mixed race. It's uh, it's a very interesting dilemma. That's... For sure. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate you going there. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for asking. Uh, it's something that I've been exploring a lot. Yeah. And do you think perhaps those experiences help you with your your compassion for some of the challenges that women in male-dominated industries face? Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, you know, because because you have that experience, you can actually like have empathy for it. So it's deeper than just sympathy or an awareness or an understanding that on a theoretical or philosophical level exists, um, where maybe I haven't, or, and I'm only becoming aware of it now is like, maybe I haven't specifically felt that glass ceiling, but starting to feel them now that I am in that corporate environment, I'm going, all right, we got to break through this thing. This is just silly. Um, so it does give me those experiences to draw on. Yeah. Well, based on my uh, experience of you, Matt, I imagine the glass ceilings have been there. It's just you've been so determined to smash through them, you've perhaps not noticed them. And that's why we're going to come back to the topic of mindset a little later. But before we dive into the topic of mindset, I am dying to know where the inspiration came from for you to create the top women in aviation and aerospace to follow on LinkedIn list. Well, uh, as you started talking to me a little bit more and more now, I think you're beginning to see where some of those are coming from. Um, and I think a few people who, and not even everybody who does know me, maybe doesn't know I'm quite so obsessed with it, but I'm just trying to get to space. Um, you know, the mission of Pineapple Empire is to accelerate the world's transition to a new space economy. So we started rolling out. Um, this is actually the second list that we've done or that I've done. And uh the first one was such a success and I saw like so many cool engagements and interactions. We did it with my uh, university alumni was the first mm -hmm. list that I did back in December and just the amazing value that it provided to the community. I kind of got hooked on it and I'm like, okay, well, we're going to do another one. But why top women rather than top people? Well, from a first, so I have been thinking about this question a lot because um, it kind of just naturally came to me and intuitively came to me. Um, I mean, the aerospace was easy just because it's so, you know, adjacent to the space field that I was like, all right, let's, that's, that's our foot in the door. You know, I might be the son of an airline mechanic, but I haven't like actually been in the industry and I got nothing there. Um, and let's build out the network. And if we're going to build out the network, who, you know, what makes sense? Um, for women though, the choice I think comes down to, I mean, my world is just saturated with so many exemplary, incredible women, all my you know, no offense to all my guy friends out there, but my women friends are like so incredible and so amazing. I love <laughs> I just, that. <laughs> you know, they're just a little bit better than us in a lot of ways. And I take a lot of inspiration, plus my background with my mom and my aunt. Um, and then just being, you know, it is 2021. And I think, you know, the news and social media is saturated with a call out for allies and, you know, like, you know, helping out. And um, from a selfish, self first principles perspective of trying to get to space and accelerate that mission, I also looked at it as, well, I mean, that's like 50% of the population. Like if we're, you know, going to hit a lot of people, then that's a group that is looking for help, help you know, calling out for that. And, and really what I've also begun to learn is specifically within that industry where it is very male dominated. So I just kind of saw, yeah, a lot of mutual synergies or um, 
you know, I think maybe you'll appreciate this term. I learned it from somebody else that I was networking with last year as a, the chief badass officer. I'm looking for mutual hell yesness and, you know, hell yeah. you know aerospace. <laughs> and I'm going to go, I was like, hell yeah. Like also just thinking about people I want to work with uh, that just came on. I was like, yeah, I want to work with badass ladies of aerospace and aviation. Why not? Who wouldn't, you know? I love that. I love that. And for those of you that aren't yet connected with me on LinkedIn, my title is chief badass officer. It started off as a bit of fun, but it's really taken off. So <laughs> I certainly love it. But uh, have you met other chief badass officers? Uh, not by title. Um, not by just just but in, by uh, behavior. By behavior, yeah. No, I know <laughs> a lot of badass women. They uh, there's a lot more than they realize. Like, there's so many badass women out there that don't even realize they're badass. And so, leading ladies is on a mission to make sure that women own that part of them because I think there's so many amazing women out there that are uh, making a big difference. Um, and I really like what you said about the link to the space economy. 50% of the population is female. And one of the things that I have had a few discussions with people about is around new technologies. I was talking with a friend who works for a UAS company and she was saying it's different here because we are new companies. We're not, we don't have the hundred year heritage that a lot of these aerospace companies have. So the traditions, the cultural norms that have, have evolved in traditional aerospace, they don't necessarily exist in some of these emerging technologies. And so I do agree that in space, UAS, you know, vertical lift, all these, you know, electric, electric airplanes, I think there's a real, real opportunity to challenge the status quo. So I commend you for taking extra steps to be a part of that. Thank you. And I so agree. And it's also part of why I wanted to get involved in that is there's so much opportunity out there. And for you know, particularly glass ceilings and especially with space, it just seems like there's just a big, great argument for there not being any glass ceilings. It's it's space. Let's go. Like, wholeheartedly no agree. <laughs> so, Matt, when you aren't creating lists of amazing women for us all to celebrate, what do you do? Who is Matt Higa? Oh, yeah, there's a lot of different answers to that one. Uh, a little bit of everything. My new favorite phrase is uh, jack of all trades, master of some, and mastering more uh, day by day. Uh, I like that. So uh, generally every day I wake up and I play a, a little bit of chess. That's fine. That's it's kind of my game is I play a lot of chess. Um, I've got another glass ceiling I'm trying to smash through there. I'm trying to become I don't know why I set these goals for myself, but I'm trying to become world champion within the next 10 to 20 years. Um, I so love that. <laughs> you know, it becomes, it's, you know, the more I look into it, the more feasible space looks. It's just like, maybe I'll get to space, but maybe I won't become world champion at chess. That one's a, that one's a tough one. So I'll do that a lot, but I have a full-time job besides Pineapple Empire, um, where I do work at Tesla um, full-time 40 hours a week, um, over there on, uh, on their platform. I can't really say too much. They have me on a lot of NDAs. So, um, you know, one of the few things I can say is that I'm an advisor over at Tesla. I'm helping them improve their systems and creating processes and, um, helping them accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. So when I'm not accelerating the transition to the new space economy, I'm helping transition the world to the sustainable energy, which also feeds into that ultimate goal there as well of, uh, the space economy. So I kind of see that as one and the same. Um, play a bunch of Rocket League. If anybody's familiar out there, I love that game. Let's play that one as well. 
Um, but I have a dog as well. Uh, we go on walks and I just try to meditate, do some yoga, stay fit. I do Spartan races. I'm training for a 30 mile, 60 obstacle race in September in Tahoe. Do you ever sleep? Uh, less and less. <laughs> <laughs> Last night I was up till 3am just working on things and it's just so hard to stop sometimes, but I do, I do sleep. That is, I haven't found a cure for that one yet, um, but I do uh, love Let it. us know when you do, because uh, I would love to know. So tell me a little bit more about Pineapple Empire. What is a deep tech-based startup? Yeah, no, that's a great question, and I one that I pose to myself every day. Um, I guess the deep tech, I mean, we've talked about the space part, and that one's kind of obvious, or maybe not necessarily so obvious. Um, I mean, if we go back to the way origin story of everything beyond, uh, you know, after, you know, being raised by, you know, my parents and the strong women in my life and just everybody who brought me. Um, it does come from a childhood goal of, uh, and this is why I love Rachel's podcast so much, just so much when it hit me there, like, I was like, okay, this person is me. It was so weird to hear her voice be like almost literally the voice in my head saying the same things. Um, it comes from an original desire to take over the world, which hasn't completely gone away. Um, so in a way, pineapple empire the whole empire thing, uh, can kind of continues that, um, except for I much less don't necessarily want to be in control of the world as much anymore. Um, so it's kind of taken different routes. So um, so I'm kind of looking into the space colony area sort of things uh, I've mentioned before, and I've started again, big audacious goals. Um, and I just have an naturally masochistic, I guess, like ambition where I just see a goal. Um, and for any, like how I met your mother fans out there, uh, like the Barney, uh, I think his name is Barney Stinson, the, the character over there. And he's, he's not a, he's in that character didn't really age well for the modern age with, with feminism and everything, but um, it's challenge accepted. So I just see something and my brain goes, oh, okay. All right, let's see if we can do it. So somebody on my feed had posted the other day that China's, you know, trying to plan the first human mission to Mars by 2033. And my brain went, okay, let's see if we can do it by 2032. So uh, I guess I'm kind of working on a 10-year plan to get the first humans to Mars by 2032. Um, maybe that includes me. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know how it all works out. I'm trying to just manifest it. And every day I just kind of question, like, what do we need to be doing to get there? Right now we're networking and we're breaking other glass ceilings. And, you know, uh, I guess the other uh, drive for the top six, top, you know, women in aerospace and aviation list and any future ones is, almost kind of a recruiting effort is getting, you know, the message out there and the awareness, like, Hey, we're doing this thing. Does anybody else want to come do this thing with us? And I'm not real too particular on how exactly we do it, but let's collaborate and, you know, try to do it right. I'm also very um, cognizant and aware of like trying to not repeat the mistakes of the past with colonialism. So I've spoken to some really cool other badasses out there, specifically a astrobiologist who's really kind of changed my idea on, real colonialization concept and maybe going towards more exploration but yeah it just uh, ties in a lot of different interests and I mean colonialization or going to space and the future humans on Mars draws in a lot of like one thing that I love is like governance um I mean one of my favorite games growing up was Risk so you know that's another world dominance game but also I played nation states and just setting up new ways of structuring societies and taking down those glass ceilings, seeing what we've got now, honoring the past, but also moving forward. 
Um, but some technologies we're working on AI and blockchain um, and DAOs, if anybody out there is familiar with them, decentralized autonomous organizations, those are the kind of deep techs we're working with. Excellent, excellent. And wouldn't it be fantastic if the uh, first uh, humans to Mars was an all woman mission? <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> I know some people might say, oh, well, that's uh, that's not very inclusive. But hey, there's been plenty of all male missions to space. Just imagine if we had an all female mission. Wouldn't that be badass? It would. I think it should be. Yeah. <laughs> first, uh, uh, moon, all men. First crew to Mars. Let's make it all women. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so Matt, we hear Tesla, we hear wannabe world chess champions, space startups. So it sounds to me like smashing glass ceilings is just second nature to you. And I know we've had a lot of conversations offline about, you know, how mindset contributes to that. So after our ad break, I would love to dive in into that with you. So we're just going to take a moment to recognize GM Defense, one of our amazing sponsors, and then we'll be right back. I'd like to take a moment to pause and recognize GM Defense, our sponsor that helps make this podcast possible. GM Defense is driving the future of military mobility by leveraging the best in class capabilities of General Motors for unmatched innovation, proven performance, and breakthrough life cycle economics. Learn more at www.gmdefensellc.com. And watch out for new job posts as they expand and strengthen their team. You can also follow them on Twitter and LinkedIn. The GM Defense team is amazing. And we are proud that they sponsor the Leading Ladies of podcast. And back to today's guest. So Matt, returning to our topic, you know, we've been learning all about you, you big, big audacious goals, smashing ceilings and... Just, I noticed you just have this very, very calm, chilled out presence about you. And, and I'm kind of curious how, how that links to mindset and, and your, you know, your attitude towards, you know, breaking some of these uh, glass ceilings. So, so tell me more about why you wanted to talk about mindset with me today. Um, yeah, it's one of my favorite topics. So I'm glad you asked. I'm glad we're talking about it today because I just could talk about I mean, I could talk about almost anything for quite extens extensively, um, but especially mindsets, since it is so important for everything. Um, I don't know if it comes from the, the Aloha background of the islands. I don't know if that's the chilled vibe that just naturally comes out. Uh, if I get it from my dad or because he's just a, he's always a very go with the flow and just, like he's always, he's always difficult to get ruffled. Um, but I mean, even if there is a natural draw towards it and a natural like innate zenness, it's weird because I don't think I've ever felt it. I always feel like I'm always constantly like not super zen. And so every time somebody says like, you're very chill, I'm like, really? Like you think that? That's it. That's cool. <laughs> I don't know how you got that. Cause I'm like, Whoa! I'm way up here. Um, so it definitely, there is a practice to it. And I think with any natural talent, there is, there is a practice to it. Like if you do want to take it to the next level, there's a practice to it. Um, you know, I get that from sports. I grew up playing baseball and a couple other things. And uh, if you want to get better, I think it all did start with baseball. Quite honestly, I was a, I was a pitcher and that's where, I don't know who taught me this, but before, you know, games where I knew I was pitching, I would go into the zone um, and I would 
basically meditate and get ready for that and get my mind ready for it. Um, and they do say that baseball is a thinking man's game and like pitchers specifically are or a thinking woman's game or a thinking woman's game. Absolutely. Um, I love to have some women in baseball, not just, you know, softball specifically. I think that's kind of a glass ceiling a little bit there too. I could be busted, but it is certainly um, a practice. And so just going from then to now Spartan racing chess to get to the next level, it's always a mindset. And that's what I always come back to. Uh, my parents raised me on the seven effective habits of, you know, first it was children and seven effective habits of adults. And I've got all these health help books and all these things. And it just always seems and what I've learned from my studies on um, behavior and um, I particularly technically been writing a rogue underground behind the scenes dissertation on self-determination theory. Um, oh, I'm just, I, I'm just working on a dissertation as well <laughs> on top of everything else. <laughs> well, it's always in the background and I always forget that I'm doing it, but it has been yep. a good few years now. Um, and a friend did point out, maybe it's time to start writing the conclusion. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of working on that. But when you're looking at paradigm shifts and like actually achieving like, and, and that's what I think maybe the glass ceiling is, is a paradigm shift a little bit, you know, where people have to think like, okay, that doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. but it is all in our head and it is all like mental conscious. Uh, well, it's not just all in our head, but like a lot of things that go on in the world and a lot of the barriers that we have are just mental constructs that other people either put on you or that we put on each other, whether in the yep. living beliefs. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. As, as you know, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm an executive coach and I'm, I very much specifically focus on mindset, particularly helping people rewrite their inner narrative so they can break through their glass ceilings. And so I, I have I have my views on on what that looks like and I totally agree with you on this whole, you know, we have our own glass ceiling as well as ones that society's partners. Um, but when you talk about shifting your mindset, you know, what specifically is Matt Heger talking about? Uh, I think, it, I mean, for me, since I do struggle a little bit with anxiety and mm-hmm. depression sometimes that it can be, uh, I mean, you just get stuck in these either intrusive stop thoughts or just recurring thoughts or these self-limiting beliefs that you're just telling yourself all the time. So it is just purposely shifting into a different thought state. So I practice meditation and yoga a lot, um, mm-hmm. and I'm getting yeah. focused on it and specifically calling out the emotions or thoughts I want to have. So affirmations are a big thing for me and literally writing things down and writing the goals. And I mean, pineapple empire is kind of an exercise and like taking those down and like writing it out, writing the story. Um, and recently what I really did, I came across recently was a really cool concept of uh, how to write that story is imagining that you all already are the success. And that currently right now that you're just documenting that, like you're going back in time to see like, okay, what did you do to get there? And that's kind of how I operate, kind of like yeah. that backstroke through time. Yeah, with my clients, um, I have quite a few exercises that I do with them where I will make them visualize what it's going to look like when they get there. I mean, for me, it's it's getting there means, you know, walking out onto a stage in front of thousands and, you know, being as influential as, as, as all these men out there, like, um, you know, Napoleon Hill and Jack Canfield and Tony Robbins and, all these people that people are always quoting, I want women there. And so I like to think about that. And so I have my clients do the same, you know, what is it that you want and what's it going to feel like when you're going to get there? Because if you can visualize it, the brain doesn't necessarily know the difference between what's, what's real and what's imagined. And it just puts you on a completely different frequency. And I didn't actually, as a scientist, I didn't 
used to believe in all that I used to think oh that's just woo woo bs you know why would I do that and just a series of things have happened to me in my life and particularly after I watched the movie The Secret and I'm like this stuff works and you know it's a mixture of I think it's a mixture of universe and you know brain science and but I'm a I'm a convert and and so yeah I uh I, I, I'm kind of going off on a tangent right now because I'm so excited about what we're talking about. Um, but I, I definitely buy into that. So, you know, what are the what are the different thought states that you try to get into um, in order to help you, you know, keep going after these big goals and and get back up once you get knocked down? Like, what is it that you go after? Oh, that's a good one. Um, lately, I do have a flow coach that I've been working with. So literally actually practicing the flow in a very, very determined sort of a, you know, focused state. And so one, my motivation is focused now on all the times that I have been in flow and trying to draw that energy back up and focusing on the emotions that I had then. So I have a different, you know, a few different emotional energy states that I try to key in on, whether it's like courage or you know, motivation or um, sometimes excitement um, or anything that, you know, really an energetic because with the anxiety and depression. So I actually, you know, I, it depends. Sometimes I do sleep a lot. I either sleep not at all or sleep a lot. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I got to drag myself out of the bed sometimes. And so sometimes it's just around energy and getting going and literally just visualizing what the success would look like, um, happiness and really trying to design that life in my head that, you know, I'm trying to achieve or what those goals look like. So I do focus a lot on the courage and confidence types of uh, affirmations or success types of affirmations and self-talk to kind of combat those imposter syndrome, the anxiety, depression, like thoughts where I'm like telling myself and like those thoughts are almost telling me like, you can't do it. This is too scary. This is overwhelming. And uh, you won't ever do it versus why can't you do it? Like, why wouldn't you do it? Like, you've already done it. Like, come on, you, you get, let's get going. Um, yeah, why not me? Welling up those, you know, yeah, why not me? Like, it's always a, the anxiety says like, why you? But the other question is just as valid. Why not you? Somebody has to mm-hmm. do it, which is funny enough. Like the uh, thought process I had to go through right before I started, you know, launching the top woman on LinkedIn and aerospace uh, initiative because um, yeah. I was like, well, why me? Like, I'm not a woman. Like, who am I to like even be an ally? Like, I, I don't think I've even like spoken out, like, you know, particularly on anything like besides, you know, some reshares on Instagram, this or that or the other thing. It's like, who who are you? Why do you like why anything? Why should you go to space? Like, why should you build the calling? Like, but it's also why not? And um, who who else? You know, if like I don't see, you know, a lot of other people doing it, and there's still a call for the allies out there. So just kind of almost answering a call too. Yeah, I love the phrase, if not you, who? If not now, when? And, and I, I actually do like the second part, if not now, when, as well. Because um, I think one of the things that people, causes people to give up is that the, the, the stuff doesn't happen for you straight away. Like you have to wait a long period of time. But when I was 14, I said, one day I'm going to live in America. I'm going to live in America. And I was dead certain on that. And when I was 29, I moved here. And then when I was 19, I said, hey, one day, one day I want to live by the water. I've been on vacation and was by the water. And now guess what? 33 
well, I'm not 33 now, but when I was 33, I bought a lake house. So now I live by the water. And it's interesting. I, I just find that the more and more I put out there and just have that faith that it, it will come back to me at some point, it does eventually happen. And there aren't moments where I don't get really scared. Like, you know, I, I worry about leading ladies. I'm like, what if I can't make it everything that I want it to be? What if it fails? But I try and snap myself out of that so I can just keep keep focusing on the goal rather than what what could go wrong. Mm -hmm. So um, I know we're getting close towards the end of our time here, Matt, but I would love to know, you know, what are some pieces of advice that you would like to give our listeners on some little things you can do to help manage your mindset in order to help you go after those big goals and smash those ceilings? Um. I think, I mean, we've touched on, you know, a couple of them already. Uh, one of my favorite, like, like I mentioned earlier, the whole like documenting in reverse, like as if you've already been there kind of ties into the the first, you know, the predecessor to that phrase, the one that guided me before that was um, the arrival, arriving versus arrived mindset is like, you know, we're always constantly seeking like, oh, when I get there, when I do this, when I do that, when I become this, when I, blah, 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 blah what if you are already there? Like, cause if you think about it over time, like you are constantly making these daily steps and maybe it's also important to, you know, not discount your little victories every day of like constantly building yourself into the person you want to be. And at some point, whether you believe it or not, like you have to arrive somewhere technically, yeah. um, you know, it goes into the imposter syndrome. So like give yourself that credit, um, take, ownership of it so that you can step into the new thing so that you can move into a new arriving thing so you can figure something else to go for like um well when i get there you can choose a new one um and just value the small daily things they're not the they're not the sexiest or most badass day-to-day -day sometimes but in the end those small little you know pebbles add up to some pretty huge rocks and mountains in the end um and you'll just kind of look back at that journey there um and it doesn't have to be the end but I mean, progress is progress. I think it was Winston Churchill uh, who said, um, to improve is to change and to be perfect is to change often. And that's just us all day, every day, constantly changing and making those tweaks and fine tuning them. Um, and don't be too hard on yourself when, cause you gotta be your own cheerleader um, at the end of the day as well. I mean, that's, that's who you have in your corner. Um, and you got to be in your own corner because, I mean, you can rely on other people to be in your corner to some extent, but at the end of the day, it all comes back to you. And that's who you got to push to, you know, keep it going. And that's who you, you live with this person all day, every day. So I got this from one of my favorite YouTubers, Anna Akana. She says, it's just one of my favorites. Like, if you wouldn't say that to your best friend, like, why would you say it to yourself? Absolutely. It's time to stop beating ourselves up and start, you know, cheerleading ourselves up instead. I like it. So for our audience, document in reverse. Imagine what it is like when you're there. But remember to take credit along the way. Think about how the journey is developing you, not just the destination. And be your own cheerleader. And those are some wonderful pieces of advice, Matt. And really, really appreciate you being here and sharing that. And... I'm sure all of you are wondering, top 62, head over to Pineapple Empire, head over to my LinkedIn page, head over to www.leadingladiesof.com and you can find out about all of this. And we're going to have more podcasts interviewing the women 
from the top the top women list. And we have a whole bunch of them coming to speak at the Leading Ladies of Aerospace annual virtual summit on September 23rd. And you'll even get to meet some of them at the after party. So stay tuned. Follow us in all of our different areas, social media, website, LinkedIn, YouTube, wherever it is, and more and more inspiration will come. And hopefully you two will be sitting there saying, I think I'm a chief badass officer too. So thanks for being here, Matt. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening, everyone. We hope you now have additional tools and insights for creating your own cracks in the glass ceiling. If you think this will inspire and help others, please share this episode on your social media and leave your comments on mckayunlimited.com forward slash podcasts. For more tips and support as you embrace your journey through the glass ceiling, please join our community Facebook group at leadingladiesoffb.com.